I'd like to welcome you all to the latest upload for the channel. As with all of the content I record, if you're able to use headphones while listening, I think you'll get much more out of the experience. Personally speaking, I listen to a lot of horror podcasts and videos when falling asleep at night, and I always recommend enjoying them in the dark place and a comfortable position. How you choose to consume your internet nibbles, though, is of course entirely up to you. As you've probably noticed, I'm not actively trying to grow the channel at the moment. I realise that that's probably quite an unusual proposition for anyone that creates a body of work, but in truth, I'd rather have plenty of content out there for others to enjoy before the channel gets too much attention. Not only does that allow me time to improve my narration and editing skills, it also works around my real life job, which often prevents me from having any kind of a consistent upload schedule. Anyway, that's enough bad gut related chatter. Tonight's tale is one of my own and it is a slight change in direction. This is not what you would consider a traditional horror story and is in fact much more grounded in reality. I don't want to reveal too much, but I'm sure there will be elements that will resonate with many of you on some level. Saying that I hope you enjoy this tale feels a little wrong given the subject matter, but I do want you to find some enjoyment in it given that it's also a work of fiction. So with that said, turn down the lights, find somewhere comfortable, and let me tell you a story. As I sit here on this brisk autumn evening, the crisp air blowing on my face while tiny droplets of rain fall, I can't help but think back over the past six months, just how much has changed in such a short space of time. If I knew then, what I know now, would I have done things differently? I light a cigarette, cupping my hand around the tiny glowing flame as I do so. It took a few tries, my hands wet and slippy, but I got there in the end. Inhaling deeply, I cast my gaze outward into the distance. The sun has dipped below the horizon now, and the city before me twinkles with a million tiny lights. Beneath them, people go about their business, oblivious and unconcerned with the lives of the strangers around them. It's sad, really. I've been working, scraping by on a meagre salary that just about covers my bills and allows me to spend my weekends nursing a pint or two at my local pub. If I'm honest, I haven't been happy. All of my grand plans and my youth of making something of myself are long since abandoned. I could blame this system for keeping me down. The man held me back and prevented me from chasing my dreams, but that would have just been a bullshit excuse for my own failings. Deep down, I know exactly why I have become trapped in this miserable existence. I lacked the ambition and the drive to make things happen for myself, always finding an excuse to put things off. I feel resentment and anger at my own failings, but rather than take responsibility, I choose to direct those emotions outward. It would be the smallest of things that would set me off. Maybe some random guy at the pub looked at me the wrong way. In my mind, he was mocking me for my failure, challenging my masculinity in some way. My alcohol-riddled mind knows exactly how to handle these challenges, and before I even thought about the consequences, I'd be across that room, fists balled up and swinging wildly. It doesn't even matter if I win or lose, simply that I act. In a fucked up way, it feels like I am in control of my life, even if it is just in this small part. As I sit here, cold and sobering up, I realise how contradictory that all sounds. 
Wild outbursts of violence committed in anger is possibly the farthest thing from being in control, but I just couldn't see it. I take another long draw on my cigarette, the loose ash falling off and being carried away on the night's breeze. I can see the familiar flashing blue lights on a distant road. Maybe it was an ambulance, or perhaps a police car rushing to some emergency. When I was younger, the thought of being in trouble with the police terrified me. Just do right by others, obey the laws and you'll be fine, I was told. I quickly learned that that was bullshit though. My father was one of those larger than life characters. He'd take me down his local pub when I was little and I'd sit with my glass of coke beside him as he told his wild stories of his days in the army. He had a magnetic charisma about him and seemed to hold people's attention as they hung on his every word. Back then, I would sit tall and puff out my chest, proud to be seen by his side. Men would buy him drinks and pat his back while women would flutter their eyelashes at him and whisper adult things in his ear. I never even questioned it when he would disappear with some of these women for periods of time, leaving whoever was the most sober to keep an eye on me. Unfortunately, that was only one side of the coin that was my father. The other certainly didn't get him the praise and adulation that he craved from his drinking buddies. It was because of this other side that I came to realise just how doing the right thing basically amounts to nothing in this world. I couldn't even count the amount of nights I'd be lying in bed as I heard the familiar slam of the front door as my intoxicated father would make his grand entrance. There would be the familiar clatter of keys being thrown down before the gentle tones of my mum shushing him could be heard. At this point, things would go one of two ways. He'd either grunt something at her before stomping up to bed, or the shouting would begin. This is when the real man that was my father would come out. Without an audience to please, he was a nasty, hate-filled drunk. All of his venom would be directed at my mum. Like a script, he'd cycle through the usual insults, calling her every expletive-laden put-down his alcohol-addled mind could conjure up. You're nothing but a frigid fucking whore, he'd scream before continuing. I could have had anyone, and I settled for you, you ungrateful bitch. I'd lay there, my red Transformers covers pulled up over my head and pray that my mum wouldn't answer him back. Sometimes it worked, things would go quiet. But then, there were the other times. I'd hear her quiet, gentle voice say something in response, and I knew what was coming next. The unmistakable sound of my father's hand making contact with my mum's face. This would escalate quickly into crashes and screaming, and I'd hold my stuffed toys tightly as I waited for it all to end. From time to time, there would be a loud bang on the front door. The first time this happened, I was so afraid as I heard unfamiliar voices barking orders downstairs. I didn't dare leave my room to investigate and instead curled myself into a ball, my back pressed tightly into the corner of the wall that my bed was pushed up against. We used to have a little lamp that would sit at the top of the stairs in case I needed to use the bathroom during the night. I remember the first time I saw the silhouette of a complete stranger as my door was gently pushed open. As my eyes adjusted, I realised that a large, official-looking policeman stood in the doorway, his eyes fixed upon me. He spoke in soft, concerned tones as he asked if I had heard anything. I was terrified and simply shook my head, my eyes filled with tears. The first time was an altogether terrifying experience, and it always played out the exact same way. My father would be removed from the house and eventually all the hustle and bustle would die down and things would fall silent save for the sobs of my mother. 
Sometimes she would come and sit on the edge of my bed and stroke my hair as I pretended to be asleep. I don't know why I did that now when all I really wanted to do was tell her that I loved her and give her a hug. The next morning I got up for school and she would be there with a smile on her face and fresh makeup applied. I know why she did it. It was to try and hide the fresh bruises that now adorned her. I never let on that I could see them. I knew that would hurt her and that was the last thing that I'd ever want. Usually, by the time I got back from school, he'd be there again. A fake smile plastered on his face and a little cheap toy car for his number one lad. A muffled cough nearby snaps me out of my daydream. Without realising it, I've allowed my cigarette to burn down to my fingertips. I wince as I flick the thing into the darkness below before snorting to myself. He was just a fucking horrible drunk asshole that beat his wife. He deserved all that he got. I don't know where those thoughts even came from. If I'm honest, I hadn't thought about my childhood in years, yet here it was, front and centre for some reason. I met my girlfriend Ellie about five years ago when I was out drinking one weekend. I'd ended up in the local nightclub and found myself standing on the gantry above the dance floor while holding some overpriced sugar-laden aquapop. I watched as bodies rose and fell beneath me, the rhythmic bass from the speakers allowing them all to move as if they were one single writhing entity. Amid this mass of bodies, there she was. I couldn't take my eyes off of her. She was beautiful and so very sexy. And when she happened to look up, her eyes met and I felt the air leave my lungs as my heart skipped a beat. I know that that sounds incredibly cheesy, but I really do mean it. I spent the next hour trying to work up the confidence to say hello to her. She was way out of my league and I was convinced that my pathetic attempts at flirting would result in me being laughed at by the large group of ladies that she was with. To my surprise though, my awkward offer to buy her a drink was met with a warm smile and a positive response. She grabbed my hand and led me to the cocktail bar where I ordered a couple of ridiculous sounding beverages and fancy glasses. From that night onward, we became inseparable. And when she agreed to be my girlfriend, I couldn't believe my luck. I think that was possibly where my life peaked, and I wish more than anything that I could go back there. Did I mention that we're having a baby? I honestly couldn't believe it when Elle came running through one morning to the bedroom. Her panties were still around one of her ankles as she bounced on the bed, holding this tiny piece of plastic. I was groggy, the previous night's drink was still very much in my system, but the hangover didn't even matter. We're having a baby! Babe, we're actually for real having a baby! She shouted as she dropped down onto her knees straddling me. I held her so tight in that moment and we both just cried. I don't even know if I can find the words to describe how excited I was at the thought of being a dad. The following months were spent preparing for our new arrival. Ellie would spend hours each night browsing the internet for the perfect purchases. I took on extra shifts to pay for as much as I could. And to be totally honest, seeing how excited she was when parcels arrived made the long hours working absolutely worth it. I couldn't go to all the doctor's appointments, but she understood that I was being supportive in other ways. It was tough though sometimes, and as she got farther into the pregnancy, we would often have silly little arguments. It wasn't even important stuff, but it would be things like which paint to buy for the nursery, or why did I go to the pub after work instead of coming home. I've always reassured her that I was just as excited for the baby coming as she was, but that sometimes I just needed to let off a little steam. A couple of pints at my local was hardly the crime of the century after all. 
Those tended to be the nights where I'd grab a pillow from the linen closet and settle down for the night on the sofa. It just wasn't worth the hassle, especially when I was the one that paid for everything. It kinda felt like she didn't appreciate what I did for her during those fights. I decide to light another cigarette and check my phone. As the screen turns on, it blinds me momentarily as it illuminates my face. I swipe down on the screen and a bunch of messages disturb the silence. I don't want to hear from anyone just now though, and I attempt to swipe the notifications away. A red streak trails behind my finger, and as I try to wipe it, I accidentally open one of the messages. It's from my mum. Son, whatever you did, it's not too late. I press the power button on the side of the phone before I can read anymore. I'll talk to her later. Right now, I just want to be alone with my thoughts. I think I'd have been a great dad. Nothing like that asshole raised me. Me and Elle would have found the perfect little house in the countryside and lived a fairy tale life as we grew old and wrinkly together. I'd take my kid fishing and we would feed the ducks at the local pond. Then, when they were a little bit older, I'd run behind them as they pedalled hard on their new bike without stabilisers, giggling the whole time as they yelled, Look at me, Daddy, I'm doing it! Then, when they were older still, I could take them to the village pub where they could sit by my side as I told stories about how me and their mummy fell in love. I just wish that Ellie hadn't started that fucking argument tonight. It was just a couple of pints after work. I wasn't even that drunk. The second I walked through the door, she was on my case, telling me that I was selfish and that I had to think about more than just myself. As if all these fucking hours I've been working haven't been for her and the baby. I admit I shouldn't have said some of the things that I said after that. I should have never called her a whore. But that didn't give her the right to slap me. I was just trying to grab my pillow and get some sleep. I swear I didn't mean to push her that hard. I'd never hurt her and her baby. If she hadn't bought so much crap, those boxes would never have been on the floor in the first place. How was I supposed to know that they were there or that she'd fall over them? I tried to apologise, straight away as I reached down to help her up. She was laying face down and I could hear her crying. She swatted my hand away and as she turned over, I saw the blood. There was so much of it, her little white dress stained crimson around her pelvis. I didn't mean to hurt her. She shouldn't have slapped me though. As I stood there unsteady on my feet, I felt the room begin to spin. I felt sick and I tried to say something, but words wouldn't come out. Everything became fuzzy around me and when things came back into focus, Elle was screaming. The baby! You've killed our fucking baby! She was hysterical. Getting so worked up wasn't good for the baby. I offered to run her a hot bath with the bubbles just how she liked it, but she wouldn't listen. Instead, she wanted to go to the hospital. I'm not sure why. I helped her to her feet. The floor was so slippy for some reason. She spilled something and not bothered to clean it up. I helped her to the car as she continued to scream at me about an ambulance. That seemed a bit unnecessary for a checkup. And despite her protests, I managed to get her into the back seat. The hospital wasn't far, and I'd only had a few pints tonight, so I'm sure it was fine to drive. I was going to her doctor's appointment, I swear, but she just wouldn't stop screaming, and then she said it. You're just like your father. What the fuck does she know about my father? I am nothing like that animal, and when the cancer took him last year, I was fucking glad that he was gone. I'll be a great dad. Why is she trying to hurt me? I stopped on this bridge for a breather. 
She knows how much I hated that man, and now she's trying to make me do something bad to her. Is this some sick, twisted game that she's playing? <sighs> I'll finish this cigarette, and then we can go to her appointment. Elle has stopped screaming now. She's just laying there quietly sleeping in the car behind me. I can see those blue flashing lights again. Much closer now. I can't wait to be a dad. Maybe things will start looking up for me now. Good night and dream sweet.